Joshua Cribbs turns disaster into a score! Ugly, misformed little creature who has no purpose here, no meaning. I am a human being. Washed it down with one beer, two beers, three beers, a shot of whiskey, a margarita, and a bloody berry. And I said, Stone Cold, why have one when you can have them both? Swung out and drilled, deep right center, away back, gone for Tony. Irving and Curry, one-on-one, Irving puts it up. And now, Any Given Podcast with your hosts, Brendan Ward and Ethan Simpson. Hello and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Any Given Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ethan Simpson. And I'm Brendan Ward. How is it going today, Ethan? One of these fine, beautiful Mondays, but how are you feeling today? You know, I am feeling good. Spring is in the air. Just had Mother's Day. I hope everybody had a great Mother's Day uh, with your mother or thinking of your mother if she is not here with us. Um, Yeah, I am doing good. Spring has finally started to... Spring has finally sprung is the ah. correct way of what I was trying to say. Got a little messed up there, but yeah, you're starting to feel it. So can't complain. I, I definitely agree with you there. It was a pleasant surprise to walk out today and it's near 80 degrees, especially since yesterday was kind of nice. But if you got in them cooler areas, yesterday could have been pretty cold to some people. But today, full on, felt like summertime, wanted to grab maybe maybe an ice cold beverage and go chill out at the beach or something. Uh, I'm talking lemonade, you know, we drink Mountain Dews here, baby. You know, Sean, Sean White reference. <laughs> drink a little dyke. Yeah. Yeah. We had to, we had to get in there on the pops. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Uh, so, so it felt like one of them days uh, we're in here doing the podcast now. Can't complain about that. We're going to go ahead and get right into sports though. Sometimes we talk about some other things. Second round of the NBA playoffs are still underway. In fact, Game Four of the Boston Milwaukee series is 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 about five minutes from tip off, or it might have even tipped off now that it's five after seven thirty. Uh, but we'll start with the East first. Uh, in the or I mean the West first. In the West, he got the number one Phoenix Suns against the number four Dallas Mavericks. That series is tied. Some drama in that series. Going back and forth, obviously, the Suns, the defending Western Conference champions, Dallas uh, with Luka trying to make that take that next step and prove that they're contenders. I like that it's tied. I like that it's competitive. Game Game five is going to be on Tuesday night, uh, May tenth. Looking forward to that one. I'll probably tune into that one because uh, it'll be a later game with the two West Coast teams. We're going to get into a little bit about this game though. Um, because it's something that happened last night in in Game 4, a fan got kicked out of the arena. Now, now fans get kicked out of the arena all the time. The reason I want to bring this up is because video services of, of Chris Paul threatening to, like, see this fan. He was like, you know, I'll see you, I'll see you. And, and before the video surfaced, we thought he was in the right. If this fan was heckling Chris Paul's family, I thought, yes, absolutely, get him out of there. He doesn't deserve to be there. But when the video surfaces and it starts to look a little funny that Chris Paul, who I like, I like Chris Paul, is threatening this fan who turns out to be, he couldn't have been no older than 17, 18 years old. A real young kid that Chris Paul is threatening. To compound on that today, the arena and the Mavericks both released a statement together, kind of saying that the fan that was kicked out, now while he can't come back again this season, he can return to the arena in 2022, the fan was trying to hug Chris Paul's family and strike a conversation with them. 
they obviously alerted security that they were being heckled and he got removed. I know fans' behavior can be crazy, but is this a just vast overreaction by the Pauls and I guess the Suns and everything that everybody involved in the situation to where this, this the even the arena's coming out and saying that all the guy was trying to do was give give his family a hug and strike a conversation, but he got kicked out of the game last night to a point where he was getting threatened by Chris Paul. This situation kind of goes back into the whole pandemic situation where no touching, six feet. I understand that everything uh, is a lot, everything is a lot more lenient. But at the same time, there are, people are still on edge, right? We had two years where, pretty much two years where we weren't having any human contact unless it was with a family member, sometimes not even. A lot of people were canceling Thanksgiving and Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you celebrate. Um, So I, I can get this, and I can also get the fact that this is Chris Paul's family. You don't know the intentions of this guy, whether he's 17 years old or 57 years old, right? Because who really knows what his intentions were? He could have had something that could have harmed Chris Paul's mother on him. Probably not a gun or a knife because he has to go through security. But there are other utensils that can be used as a weapon in this situation around the arena. So I think it's just them covering themselves by banning him for the rest of the season and taking those measures because what happens if it was some kind of plot to stage to harm Chris Paul's family does that make sense to you yeah i would say that it like you said a lot of it just comes from who it was uh you never know and and these 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 families of these athletes who most people consider celebrities they're always on edge. They always worry about being approached in public. So when it does happen, it, it is important to kind of remove as much of the situation as you can. So I don't necessarily think they were in the wrong. I was kind of just trying to get all the details out there. Just a just a situation that came up that hopefully is resolved now. What you what you got for me? And it also with all the protests and whatnot going on in Minnesota with those guys getting on the court and whatnot, their security across the NBA is already, you know, it's already a level orange. Yeah. They're just getting ready to pop up to red. Exactly. That those people that were gluing themselves to the floors. I watched a couple videos last week where security guards were full on spearing women because they decided that the right thing to do was run onto a court of an NBA playoff game. We're not going to get into why you should, shouldn't should do that, but whatever they wanted to protest, they wanted to protest. Like you said, high alert from security guards already. So so even if it was an innocent thing, the, these, are, these are the families of these athletes that we see get threatened so many times when something goes wrong. Uh, in, in games, we see, we see athletes get these threats themselves just a situation you don't put yourself in common rule of thumb if you see an athlete in public unless he's publicly talking to people or his family is out there talking to people and they're in a meet and greet type of situation setting don't just walk up to them and and expect that you're going to be able to hug them and and have this great interaction with them sure you could say oh man that's so and so how you doing and then if if you are approached that okay, you seemingly have the green light to then be like, hey, you want a picture? Hey, you want a hug? It's a little different to walk up to just like the mother of his children and his mom herself and be like, hey, you're related to Chris Paul. Can we uh, have a hug? A little different mm-hmm. of a situation. It's just common rule of thumb. If it's if it's up in the air, you probably shouldn't do it in the first place. But I'm not going to harp on that too much. Other The other game in the West, you got the two-seed Memphis Grizzlies 
going up against the Golden State Warriors as the three seed. Golden State does lead this series two to one. That game is on later Monday night. Um, so by the time this episode airs, that game, that series could either be tied or Golden State take a three-one lead. We we don't even have the jokes write themselves there. Over to the East, you got the one seed Miami tied up with the four seed in Philadelphia. This could have really gone bad for Philadelphia with with Joel Embiid not playing game three or not playing game two. Miami taking a commanding 2-0 lead. He comes back for game three, gets them that win, and then Harden gets a game-winning shot in game four to, to tie that series up. Philadelphia really kind of kept themselves in this series. And then you got Milwaukee and Boston who are, are playing as we speak. Uh, Milwaukee does lead that series 2-1. to one. I actually didn't put it on here, but I'm going to bring it up because we started talking about the 76ers. A lot of people believe Joel Embiid was going to be the MVP of the NBA. He did not win it. Nikola Jokic has been announced as the winner of the M- the NBA award, MVP award for this year. Uh, it is his second year in a row that he has won it. It's also the fourth year in a row that an international player has won it because prior to Jokic starting to win, Giannis had won it two years in a row prior to that. Just kind of an interesting tidbit from there. I don't have much on the NBA playoffs. You know, they're 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 going on. Watch them. They're a lot of these games are instant classics. Any one of these series kind of stick out to you? You think we have a bunch of game sevens on our hand coming up soon with some tied series with Boston, maybe being able to get back into that series. And Memphis just isn't going away against Golden State either. So some really good series going on. Do you think we've got any Game 7s kind of coming up in the near future? I absolutely believe there are going to be some Game 7s happening in this in these series right now just because it seems a little suspect these games are going as long as they are, especially now that the fans can come back and whatnot. Hey, I'm not saying that Adam Silver is trying to manipulate or have any say in the outcomes of these, but they're they're kind of looking for some cash after the past couple of years. I, I can understand, like you said, not going to call out Adam Silver. I will call out Rob Manfred for, for supposedly juicing baseballs on national television. Did you see that? Yes, I, I did see that. And, yeah. I, and I can totally, totally see that because what does the fan that's not – a diehard fan want to see and that's exactly dingers exactly you put a game on national television you're not selling to me and you you're not selling to the people that are going to tune into baseball just because it's baseball you're selling to the fan that only wants to see home runs wants to see nice strikeouts and stolen bases the flashy plays they don't want to they don't want to see manufactured runs and singles and, and and no hitters, you know, no hitters are kind of flashy, but there's a lot of time you got to put into that to be able to watch a no hitter. Uh, now that we're on baseball, might as well get right into it, right? Robinson Cano released on Sunday from the New York Mets. He will still get paid his $45 million. That move comes out. He That move comes after he was designated for assignment. He's been slumping for a while. Robinson Cano is a guy that I've seen tear apart what was then the Indians for quite some time. So so for him to just outright get released while he is owed $45 million and on top of that had just got sent back to the minor leagues for the first time in, what, a decade? Might be the start of the end of a storied career for Robinson Cano. to around for different teams just to get a big yeah. paycheck he's an overrated player because of his reason why the Mets went out and spent that money and the Mets seem to have just unlimited money sitting around so they're still paying um Bobby uh, blanking on the last Bonilla. name Bobby Bonilla Bonilla yes that's but you know what I'm saying. They're they're still paying him, so it's going to be a whole other situation like that. They still owe 
Francisco Lindor nine years worth of money. Obviously, uh, I think they're going to get the nine years out of him. But Robinson Cano has made a career out of bouncing around and getting these big paychecks for showing flashes of greatness and being inconsistent with them. So I, I totally saw this coming. He's an older player. That's just on the Mets for trying to be their bigger brother. Well, eventually even a big market team, uh, and like you said, they're not the Yankees. So, But still, even eventually a big market team has got to run out of money, right? And you can see this coming. You, you, you paid Frankie Lindor. You paid all these guys. Eventually, a guy that's not really producing for you owed that type of money has got to go. It's just the name of the game. It's like you said, he, he at this point, he bouncing around. But it's funny you bring up Bobby Bonilla because that's the first. As soon as you sent me that snap that said that we were going to talk about that, the first thing I thought of when I read that he was still owed $45 million was, are the Mets really going to pay another guy for for decades because they don't want to pay him $45 million right now? They're going to pay him a million dollars a year for the next 45 years. And some however they set it up with Bonilla. Uh, do that for me, man. Give me $10 million, a million a year for the next 10 years, I'll be set up for life. Bobby Bonilla hasn't played since what we were children, and, and he's still he's got a day named after him. We, all sports fans gets up, get up and they tweet "Happy Bobby Bonilla Day" when it happens, because that man is going to get paid again for basically the Mets telling him "Go away." We know we owe you this much money. We'll spread it out over decades. Uh, another kind of controversial thing that happened in baseball. Madison Bumgarner gets ejected uh, in his May 4th start after the first inning for a substance check. I put substance abuse check. He, he did not get drug tested after the first inning. Uh, a, foreign, a foreign substance check. As you know, the MLB kind of cracked down last year on, on pitchers using sticky stuff to, to be able to control the ball more. You, you brought this up, so I'm going to let you talk about it more. But just kind of, how do you feel about this foreign substance ordeal? Or is it kind of like, or should it kind of be like the steroid era in baseball where everyone was kind of like, yeah, we know you all are doing it, whatever. If it makes the game better, it makes the game better. People might not like this take I'm about to make on it because the integrity of the game. But if they're switching the baseballs to where the baseballs are leaving the stadium farther and faster than ever before, batters are stronger, bigger, stronger, faster, everything than ever before. Why not let them put a little sticky substance on the ball to give it a little more spin? Not too much, not overdoing it. Yeah. But just make it regulate it to where you get to choose one inning you can do this, right? And it can't be when the game's on the line. It can only be in the first four innings, first three innings, something like that. Both teams are allowed to do it almost like a challenge, like how you're allowed to challenge a certain call. Why not why not use it a little bit? As long as there's not pine tar going on the bat. You know, they're not doing the snot ball or anything like that. Yeah. You're regulated. If, if it's regulated and it makes the game a little more interesting and a little more competitive, then why not be able to allow it for half an inning? You're like, okay, this half of an inning, you can use it as regulated because this is ridiculous. How many times have, and if you don't, if you don't believe in that, then get a better system for checking because how many pitchers have been taken out of games where they haven't had any substances on them? Yeah. It looks like it just like in the case with Madison Bumgarner, the guy's not even looking at his palm or in his glove when he's checking him, he's staring him directly in the eyes, extremely awkwardly 
and waits for him to look at him. And once he does, he does this kind of grin and throws him out. It, it was really strange. They need to either allow it for one one half an inning or get a better way to check this out because they're throwing these players out. And then it's it's later coming out that, oh, we didn't find anything. Okay, so, so what are you going to do now? You're going to apologize a day or two later, just like the NFL does on blown calls that yeah. blow games? Come yeah. on. I saw that. I saw the ump, ump apologized, and I was like, for what, bro? You, it's over. You, you threw him out. You changed the course of that game. You, you, you ended his start. It, it, it's just it, – it's happening far too much, just like in the NFL, and they need to figure out a way to stop that or, or test better for these illegal substances on the ball. Because what have they done to make the game more interesting? They cut the times between uh, between half innings. They cut the time a pitcher gets to warm up. You can't go to your bullpen for less than two batters. It, 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 in certain situations, a pitcher can't pitch less than two face less yeah. than two batters yeah. if they're coming out of the bullpen in the ninth inning. It, it's just ridiculous. They're doing all this to make it more interesting. But then when you do make it a little more interesting, you can. I don't know. They need to figure that out. The MLB has a lot of problems, but if they're going to start somewhere, might as well start with this. Yeah. Well, and I agree with you. Whatever. It's helping make the game better, so I don't think it should be outlawed. Where I differ is is in the regulation of it. I don't think it should just be like a half inning. I see where you're coming from. You, it, it adds to the strategic part of the game where you then have to choose when you use it, if you do. Um, my thing is, is it shouldn't even go that far. MLB regulates everything from what socks you wear, what medicines you take, what you eat sometimes, where you stay sometimes, all of this. You're telling me that MLB can't find a product like Sticky Tack, like Spider Tack, whatever you want to call it, that they can just call the MLB approved product for these pitchers to use. Because if they're allowed to use it, the ones that are using it, I'm sure would fall in line. Sure, they might like their stuff a little better. But they're going to take what they can get so they don't get kicked out of the games. You see things like Garrett Cole, who since this happened, just has not been the same. He went from one of the best pitchers in baseball. No argument. I know he played for some teams we don't like, but he was on fire there for a while. Now, like, the Yankees don't even want him on the team type type stuff. And I know he's still there. and He's just not playing well. So, so... To lose a name like that that people know in a time where the growth of baseball is so important because it needs to grow to younger generations because me and you are the youngest of the generation that still cares about the art form of baseball. People younger than us, not too much. It's it's not a big sport. Sure, there are some kids that still go through the youth baseball and the high school baseball. But Major League Baseball is really becoming that I like singular players thing rather than I have passion for a team thing that we see in the NBA and in the NFL. And we don't need that. We need younger fans that love baseball. And for you, like you said, to be like, all right, well, I'll let these batters hit these soft, juice balls, but I'm going to make this pitcher throw without any help. It's a very big problem. And you got to get away from it. But speaking of getting away, the MLB next year is going to get away from some American games, headed back to London uh, starting in 2023. They did start this sort of London series in 2019 where New York, where the Yankees and the Red Sox split a two-game series. 
the Cubs and the Cardinals were supposed to go in 2020, but obviously the pandemic kind of wiped out that season quite a bit. Uh, they ended up playing the shortened season, very strict rules, and didn't get to go back. So in 2023, this will be the first time that they go back since 2019. Cubs and Cardinals is rumored to be the series that goes in 2023. London Baseball. Now, London Baseball, that's not a bad idea, right? There's 182 games in a season. Sorry. Um, 162. 162. Sorry, I, I flip-flopped the, yeah. Flip-flopped the home games and, yeah. So, this makes sense, right? You can toss a series over there, a couple series over there. That's fine, you know. There's so much baseball, man. Give me five series over there. Yeah, and I don't personally think that it should be just one series. Yeah, I don't think it should be one series. Do a couple series over there, right? And it makes sense. They got to do Yankees, Red Sox, or Dodgers, Giants, some of those big games. But for the other teams, do some do some interleague play. Yeah. You know, I want to see I want to see the Angels play the Pirates. I want to see uh, the Marlins play the Mariners, right? Yeah. I want to see some of those games over there. Don't make it just the big the big rivalry games, you know, because at that point it's just like, okay. It's it just they only know who the Yankees and Red Sox are. They only know who the Dodgers are. You know, bring some of those small market teams over there and that, you know, grow those fan bases. Let those fan bases get some more fans. Because I, as far as I'm concerned, those teams have just just enough fans. Cubs have just enough fans. I, honestly, I agree with you. Don't, but don't take it so far like the NFL did. The NFL for a while there were only sending small market teams. We're only sending bottom-of-the-barrel teams. For a while there, we were only getting Jacksonville and whoever else was terrible that season. Cleveland went once during that stretch. They were terrible at that time. So so if you want to grow the sport, and the MLB needs to grow the sport, I agree that those those teams do not need do not really need to grow their fan base. So, so put these smaller teams with them. I agree with you. You got to put them against a recognizable team. Like you said, give me Angels Pirates in London next year. Next year and it'd be perfect. Give me Dians against Yankees. It's a series we love here. Put them in London. That's okay. You know, it's, it's all right. We we can watch it in London. It's expensive as hell to go here anyway, so might as well watch it on TV. You know, I'm all for London games. Anything that grows the sport of baseball past the kind of the old nature that it's in now and the development of it, because if it doesn't, I'm worried about the state of baseball within the next two decades. Baseball is one of those sports that the kids that grew up playing baseball, you know, even when, we were younger and before now the kids in that age group are playing lacrosse. Yeah. Lacrosse is now becoming little league baseball or hot stove baseball. And, you know, in the next 15, 20 years, we're just going to have a bunch of douchey kids running around pecking at their pecker, picking at their pecker. Like, Oh, what's up, bro? <laughs> So, bro, like some hockey bro kids, lacrosse bro kids. Uh, let me tell you what, that's not the America I want my children living in. I want my America and my children to live in a baseball America. So I'm yeah. all for growing the game and keeping it trust alive. Me. Trust me, I ain't taking my kids to no damn lacrosse games. No. And it, <laughs> it's my ass. And, and you better believe my kids are not going to any hockey games. That's for sure. They're not they're not gonna get tricked into that. Best believe me. Now that I know a little bit of hockey, it's it's kind of intense, so 
we can, we could talk about the hockey stuff, but lacrosse definitely not can't happen. But we're gonna go ahead and stay in London. The NFL now announced that they're going back to London, uh, as they always do. But they announced all their international games starting Sunday, October second, uh, in London, England. The Minnesota Vikings will take on the New Orleans Saints. That game will be at 9.30 in the morning on NFL Network. Uh, I like this game for, for London. Vikings have a decent fan base. The Saints have a decent fan base. I know it takes a game out of New Orleans, which is a big city to have football in. But, but both of these teams could be good next year. And I don't think either of these two teams are, are Super Bowl contenders. But it'll be a good game. You get Kirk Cousins against what'll probably be Jameis Winston as long as he's healthy. Two guys that really have a lot to prove next year in their career. And they get to go go to London and show that in October. The next game, October 9th, an NFC game, another 9.30 in the morning game, another NFL Network game in London. The New York Giants take on the Green Bay Packers. This right here is kind of your classic example of two big market teams. And I know a lot of people might not think Green Bay is a big market. The Packers are a historic franchise. Giants actually have less history than the Packers do. They're just from New York. I like this game set up for the second for the second game in London a week after the first one. Uh, then after that, you got, uh, on Sunday, October 30th and 9.30, 30 game again. This time it's on ESPN Plus. You got the Denver Broncos taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. You get Jacksonville in its first year without Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, hopefully making that jump against a Denver team that hopes to be really good this year with Russell Wilson at quarterback. Do you think this is going to be a good game, or do you think Broncos kind of run away with this one here? That's a tough one just because of the time zone difference, the jet lag, if there is any, and how it goes. But if they're playing this game in the States, I mean, Broncos run away with it. Uh, I, I would agree with you. And the reason I, I kind of say that this is a toss-up, the London Jags are real. Oh, yeah. If you watch, the Jaguars could be 1-15 going into weeks, weeks, Week 18. And I might even bet on them, if they're in London, to destroy a team. They just, once they're over there, and it's the reason why so many people said that if they ever do put a full-time team in London, it should be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because Jacksonville seems to show up in London. They have a huge fan base over there, and it just works. And like you said, that time zone change. You're going from Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, up in the mountains, all the way to London. That's almost on the West Coast. They're playing an East Coast team in Jacksonville, Florida. That's already three hours ahead of them. In the time zone, but they also have similar air qualities. I will say Denver is notorious for how hard it is to breathe there. We've seen people like Josh Cribs after a kick return immediately run and sit down, oxygen mask, just because he had to. So, so, so a lot of factors are going to play into this game. And I believe, like you said, it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Now, Denver may may still win it. Russell Wilson is an elite quarterback, and he's got some talent around him there in Denver. But don't count out the Jacksonville Jaguars for the third day, third and final game in London uh, the day before Halloween. November, 30th, November 13th, two days after Veterans Day, they go to Munich, Germany. So we get a German game this year. Another 9.30 in the morning start. Another NFL Network game. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on the Seattle Seahawks. This is only a good game depending on who Seattle starts at quarterback this year. 
do not sign me up for a mid-November game between Tom Brady and Drew Locke or Tom Brady and Geno Smith. That's not even. I'm sorry, go on. I was just going to say it's terrible. Yeah, but that's not even the worst part about this game. The worst part about this game is they're taking a Seattle team. Seattle is in the Pacific Northwest, for those people that don't know this, right? Because apparently, if if you're on social media, a lot of people don't know geography like that, okay? Germany is in Germany is in Europe. Uh-huh. Completely different time zones, right? Yeah. The 9:30 a.m. start is uh, Eastern Standard Time, right? That's in the East yeah. Coast. Yeah. All- so, what makes this so trash and drives me insane about the NFL doing this is they're taking a team from the Pacific Northwest. So this 9.30 start here in Northeast Ohio for us to watch is a 6.30 start for (laughs) Seattle fans. So these people that are diehard Seattle fans, 12th man, you know, these are the guys that cried this year when Russell Wilson got traded. These guys are Pete Carroll diehards, right? These guys are going to have to get up at damn near five in the morning to get ready to go watch a game at six thirty in the morning, if they want to watch the pregame. And, and and I like I get that you want it in its own time slot. Completely understand that. This is an NFL Network game. Now it might not be able to compete with with Sunday Night Football, so you can't put it in prime time. They do Saturday games all the time. Why can't this be a Saturday game? Just so it's not, like you said, at 6.30 in the morning for Seattle fans in Seattle. Yeah. I already hate that it's a 9.30 game. I struggle over here in the East watching 9.30 games. It's just too early. You got to wake up and go straight to football. And I love football. But on Sundays, I don't want to wake up before 8.30 a.m. to make sure I'm ready to watch football. Yeah. Here's the thing. I rarely watch the London games. I've rarely been to London games. I've probably seen three London games the whole time that they've been on because it's Sunday. And here's the thing. You know what happens on Sunday? At least for my family, we own a music venue. So there's concerts. That's, That's prime time right there. Saturdays are our prime time. Yeah. So we're not getting home until about 1.32 in the morning. And you think I'm going to wake up uh, seven hours later, wake up and get, and put on gear and whatnot? No, absolutely not. Can you imagine the people in Seattle being sleep deprived for that? I wouldn't do it. I don't even think I watched the Browns in London no, now no, that I really. think about it. Really, now I, that I think about it, it's it's. I would say that I've only ever caught London games if I somehow woke up early. Yep, I and it's know. like, oh, there's a game on. Yeah, well, what else am I gonna do? Let me watch football. You know what I'm saying? If it's on, it's only gonna watch it. You know what I'm saying? So unless I, I'm not. It's not appointment viewing for me for sure. Like you said, even if it was the Browns, Cowboys, even no, just. I don't know if I could at 9.30 in the morning on a Sunday, and I know I get up that early now, and, and but it's just not worth it because even the Cowboys, that's a 7.30 start for them, for, for their teams, you know, for their fans in Texas. Or, no, it'd be an 8.30. But still, 8.30 in the morning on a Sunday is early as hell. Right. And then you got to think about the fan base, the younger guys and whatnot that are out. On Saturday night, prowling around the city, prowling around the bars, you know, not getting home until 3, 3.30, 4, you know, they're not going to tune in. 
I, I get I get like London money probably pays you like that that stadium pays you to come there and there's certain deals you get and the money made is worth it but the viewership cannot be there. No, and how many people in London are truly that big of football fans? I mean, don't get me wrong. There's obviously a following there, just like in the states with soccer and rugby. <laughs> But there's a following everywhere, man. Yeah, but I mean, it's not it's not going to them playing games in London and however much those tickets are dumb. expensive. Oh, I'm, sure. I'm sure they're nuts. They, they, those fans that attend those games treat it like a Super Bowl. You never know who's being rooted for because all 32 teams are probably represented in the audience. Yeah, it, it, it's just ridiculous. It's overpriced. It's ridiculous. I don't think it's going to change games. It's going to change. Well, it's going to change games. I don't think it's going to change the fan base that much over there. Yeah. Because what's an eight-hour difference from watching a game with that? With the, uh, watching a game at one o'clock, you know, in America. Eight hours, a nine o'clock game there, right? You're just watching a night game. It's not. It, it would be three and a half hours, right? So it would just be like a a four p.m. start almost. In England? No, I mean, if we're changing it to where the London games are premiering at one p.m. Eastern time in America, that's only like a three and a half hour jump from the original start time in, in London. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. So it would just be like switching the London start time to what would essentially be oh the okay All right. start time. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you you had me for a second. Like, wait, that doesn't that yeah. doesn't add up. And then I was I'm like, oh, you're, you're talking. Times. Yeah, well, you're saying the start time from them to yeah. I got it. It threw me off a little bit. Yeah. I, so. So why can't we have the London game start at one Eastern? So then your when you send a West Coast team over there, they're not having to get up at six thirty. They're having to get up at a time they normally have to get up for, uh, when they play East Coast teams. And it's not like it, you're you're putting that London game now, only pushing it back three hours. I don't know exactly the exact time they start in London, but you're only putting it pushing it back three hours. You're not sending that game till three in the morning because it's always sunny in daylight. You can't tell me it switches by the end of the game. So, or even if there is some darkness, it's a stadium. Turn the damn lights on. Yeah, we, un- it- we understand why you're playing in the dark. It's a London game. Yeah, and if you're planning on spending that much money. And you're going to a football game out there. Yeah. Obviously, you're probably going to be drinking, right? Yeah. If you if you're a fan, you're going to do the whole tailgate, you're the American experience, you know. Pretty much. So you're so you're probably going to be calling off work as well for the next day. Oh, for sure. You ain't working. Yeah. So it just doesn't make any sense for them to be doing these west coast teams over there that's my whole thing long story short it's ridiculous and if i was a seahawks fan i would be livid i would be sending letters phone calls tweets everything to that new york office where roger goodell sits upon his throne of shit because that's ridiculous. I would be absolutely angry. It makes me angry just thinking about it, as you can tell. Yeah. Just he, thinking about being a West Coast fan, having to get up right? that early to watch football. You're mad and you don't even give a shit about those teams. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. Just as a football fan, it doesn't make sense to me. It's never made sense to me. Nobody, like, I love football, but nobody wants to get up at 930 and start their day of watching football. If you're going to if you're gonna do these games in London – do preseason games. Don't do games that count. Don't, I don't do even, actual games. 
I don't even care about that, man. Just give me a different time. That's it. That's it. Or don't send West Coast teams. I know it's a little un unfair that not every team is eligible for it, but but that that it that comes with the territory. That comes with 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 time zones. S give me a Giants Jets game over there. They share the same stadium anyway. Send their asses to London. Let them play each other. You know what I'm saying? It's a shit game, but it's still we can see it at one o'clock Eastern time. And nobody in the West is pissed off because all their games are coming on later. Yeah. And and the reason why I say do the preseason games is because these games, they're going to go eight hours into the future from the East Coast. They're time traveling, right? Yeah. So these guys are time traveling into the future. And they're going to be jet lagged. It doesn't matter that they show up there a week before. That's still a bitch, right? Well, yeah, so they're they gonna come back. And they're they're playing a game that's a meaningful game, a real game, a game that goes towards their record, a game that could mean the playoffs or not, right? So what if they're they lose a game, they're one game off of making making the playoffs, and it's because of this BS. London game. Well, because Roger Goodell and the NFL and the NFL owners want to fill their pockets with cash from other from other countries when they already had NFL Europe to begin with. They already had a European league. Remember that with stadium. the Galaxy yeah. and the store and yeah, all those guys. Exactly. So they're potentially putting playoff chances for teams on the line because they want to fill their pockets. These guys only have X amount of years to play. Exactly. They're going to potentially take away one year in the playoffs. Who knows? One of those teams could possibly go deep into the playoffs or even into the Super Bowl. You never know because that's the magic of the NFL. But these guys want to be greedy and get some more money. That's what really pisses me off. It pisses me off for the fans, and then it pisses me off for the players. And it, it's just greedy bs do a preseason game do an exhibition game over there in the springtime or something don't do this don't do a regular season game a game that matters because you're you're just you're cheating your home fans and you're cheating the players and it it, it just mean, it, i'm getting a little too hot over here i mean to, to boil it down you essentially weaponized the the uh the reasoning behind not having a mainstay team in London. The travel, the schedule, it just wouldn't be worth it. You know what I'm saying? To, to put a team in London because the severe disadvantage. So unless these teams that are going over there have a bye week after that game, it, it, it severely hinders their chances. Like you said, some of these players are running out of time. You're sending Tom Brady to Germany in November. Uh, what if he? What if that messes up him making the playoffs this year? He already retired and came back. We don't know how long he's staying. He could be done after this year. Next year, he could be here for another five years. It's Tom Brady. We never know. Uh, to the final international game, to get to it, Mexico City, Mexico, Monday, November 21st. This one is an 8.15 p.m. Eastern time game. It's on ESPN. It'll probably be the Monday Night Football broadcast. Arizona, San Francisco. Actually, it is the it is going to be the Monday night. It's on a Monday, so it's going to be Monday night football. Arizona, San Francisco, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the call. Just an, another thing they do. Send, but they've had trouble in Mexico City too. Bad field, some injuries that have happened that come up that ended seasons, stuff like that. That that is just unnecessary. Like I know we want to share this league with everybody that can that can have it, but if you're taking these unnecessary risks, make sure everything is as safe as it can be. Speaking of Monday Night Football, though, Week 2 doubleheader. Instead of the traditional Week 1, I'd actually, maybe not even instead of the traditional Week 1 doubleheader, they just haven't announced the Week 1 yet. Week 2, you got Titans at Bills at 7 o'clock on ESPN, and then you have Vikings at Eagles at 8.30 on ABC. Just two good games. I, I like both of these games. Titans-Bills could be a preview AFC Championship clash. Uh, Titans have been in the playoffs as contenders the last few years. Bills, obviously, were, uh, were an overtime possession away from going to the Super Bowl. 
uh, we'll, we'll go to the AFC Championship game over the uh, Kansas City Chiefs last year. Vikings and Eagles, I don't think either are really NFC contenders, but another game that you know it's on the schedule. Uh, it's going to be the second game of the night. Everyone likes two, two football games on Monday nights. The only thing is, is by the time halftime of the first game gets here, the second game's starting. So at some point, you're going to have to choose which one you want to watch. Yeah, that's the only problem I have with that. That just, but that's like you pick what team you're gonna, what game you're gonna watch on Sunday anyway, like that. Yeah, I like we, what they. I like, I like the week one doubleheader when it's they're both on ESPN. Yeah, one after another, that makes a lot more sense. But whew, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I'm still trying to cool off from that. That European we'll, talk. We'll save it because we're gonna get in, uh, to finish off for the last ten minutes here. We're gonna get in a, a a pretty hot one. So you want me to get into it now? Um. Yeah. Let me just say this one thing. Um, the Mexico City game makes sense because it's still in. We're in the same time zones as Mexico City. Yeah. This is in some radical European time zone that doesn't make any sense. That was my one thing about Mexico City. That was my thing about the Monday night game. It's pretty much just like every other week. You yeah. just got to pick and choose. I would like the back-to-back on ESPN Monday nights, but beggars can't be choosers, so. Yeah. We deal with 16 games a week being at the same time. You're going to watch the one you want to watch. If I mean, right. if I had to guess, it's probably Titans-Bills for both of us. Um then again, I hate the Eagles, so I might want to tune in and watch them lose to Kirk Cousins. But the final thing we need to talk about is Earl Thomas, former Seattle Seahawk, Baltimore Raven, issued a statement uh, like a month ago on Twitter saying he was ready to return and play. However, the other day we find out that an arrest warrant has been issued for uh, the arrest of Earl Thomas for violating a protection order against his former wife and his children. Uh, it is alleged that Thomas had set, violated the TPO and sent threatening text messages to the mother wishing death upon her and her kids. Uh, I'm going to let you talk about it most because you, you said you wanted to kind of get into it. The only thing I'll say is this is just terrible. I hope Earl gets gets the help he needs because I understand being mad at somebody, but please don't ever wish death on somebody. And, and to go so far as to want your own kids dead just because they are associated with a woman is absolutely radical and scary and terrible thinking and and, and insanity. Um, and it's terrible. But I'll go ahead and let you talk about it for a little bit. When, when you're done, we'll finish the show. Yeah, this is obviously... Uh... A terrible thing. Nobody, nobody likes to hear something like this coming out of anybody, whether you're uh, NFL player, NBA player, or your manager at McDonald's, right? Nobody wants yeah. to see anything like this. Obviously, it's a scary situation for everyone involved. But I wanted to use this time to focus more on... This definitely is showing that there he has significant brain trauma, right? Yeah. Because this is not clear thinking. Not at Would all. Would you agree? Not at all. Not at all. And I truly believe that the NFL should do something by stepping in and offering some sort of counseling or uh, just some sort of either mental or physical help for him instead of just throwing him to the wolves after making so much money off of him and letting him get his brain scrambled like that on their fields, under their lights, under their contracts. And then once he's out of the league and something like this happens, then just being like, oh, uh, Sounds like a you problem. Yeah. It would be totally messed up. So I I really think that Roger Goodell and the NFL 
and Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks organization should step up and offer help out to him instead of just trying to separate him, him and his name from their organization. Yeah, and and that's where it's at for me. Uh, at this point, nobody has been hurt, and I just want this human being to get the help he deserves. Because, like you said, it's a mental. It, it's mental, but it's probably a direct result of his career path, mm-hmm. and and it it sucks to blame football for that. But we see it so much. We, we, we see football players go go insane more than anybody. It's the repeated blows. It's the way he played. But like you said, not only that, they have profited off this guy almost more than most people. The Legion of Boom, when it was a thing, was nuts. The same sort of situation happened with Richard Sermon last year when he got arrested. Now, he did end up getting that shot in Tampa Bay, but it was almost like, oh, this isn't the right behavior for our pretty image no this but completely ignoring the fact that the his contributions to like you said not only on the field but the marketability of the league both of those players were members of that legion of boom two players that we can say earl thomas was one of the hardest hitters we've ever seen at least in this era and, and for these type of things to start popping up it starts to get into that conversation about the head injuries and how much the NFL should take. And any time it's a mental thing, the NFL takes the approach. This wasn't our fault. Anytime. They can't take, they can't be associated with that at all because they feel that they will be sued again for the CTE stuff and they cannot deal with it. So I would say when, they're taking probably lawyer advice and distancing themselves from it, but be a human being. Think about human beings, and it's not the right thing to do, is to abandon this guy, no matter if he he said some vulgar shit, which he did. No denying that. But it's, a, like you said, a lot more than that. Yeah, absolutely. And... Like as you brought up the lawyer thing, um, there there has to be some kind of clause that they need to put in these contracts about lawsuits and whatnot. Because when you go into playing football, it's there. It's not like it's not like they they're lying to them about what's going to happen. It's not like the helmets were painted with lead paint and they told them that these helmets are perfectly safe. Right. It's not like, it's not like their stadiums are just filled with asbestos and they're not telling the players, the players know what the consequences of playing football is. You're going to tear stuff. You're going to break stuff. Stuff is going to get damaged. Yeah. So there needs to be some kind of, clause to where these teams in the NFL are not held liable for these injuries just so that they can put out the help that these players need after their careers are done so they can actually help these players by acknowledging that this happens but you can't sue us but look we're going to help you here we're going to send you to these counselors physical therapists actual therapists mm-hmm. we're going to send you to centers if you need it things like that because it, it seems far too often that these ex-NFL players aren't getting the help they need they're going crazy like this obviously you see sad things like what happened uh, many years ago out at uh, the Washington Red, Redskins Stadium or with Junior Seau or I mean, the list goes on with that. But if they put something in there that they can't be sued, then they can actually acknowledge it and do something about it instead of just making new helmets and saying, oh, these helmets are safer. 
there almost needs to be a waiver of some sort, right? Yeah. A waiver that that kind of admits, hey, this is a dangerous job. You need to know that before making the decision. At that point, when you make the decision, this is at-will employment. You don't have to continue working for us if you don't want to. You sign the contract, you do. But when, when, when shit hits the fan, the only way we're going to be able to acknowledge that we need to help you is this waiver that protects us. It, it needs to be a happy medium between the NFL and the NFLPA. It'll take some time, but it definitely needs to happen. It's just, it's too common now. It's, it's, it's gets scarier and scarier every day. I know a lot of people joke about the Antonio Brown thing and him maybe having it and, and it could very well be so, but, but let's not joke about it. Let's get, let's give Antonio the help he needs. Um, so he doesn't go out here and do some of these things. Now he's pretty mellow and he just says some wild stuff right now. But the other end of that spectrum is what's going on with Earl Thomas. Yeah, and and this isn't because you didn't see it happen on the field, right? Yeah. He didn't break his arm. He didn't tear his ACL. You didn't see this happen on the field. But it was happening every game, right? And don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm not the type of guy to sit there and say, oh, well, they, they ban football. They need to make it less this, that. No, look, the players know what they're going into. Right. Yeah. And at least nowadays, the players are getting paid good money to where them and their families are set after their careers. This isn't like in the 60s and 70s when these guys are just barely wearing a hat with those helmets. Right. And breaking their teeth out, brains scrambled all around. They're looking like Jack Lambert with no teeth sitting there. And they're having to get off-season jobs, selling cars or yeah. something like that, right? These guys are these guys are set. So just, I think they just need to do these programs more, more for these players, so they cannot sue the NFL, but they get life a lifetime supply of mental mental and physical help. Because the NFL has money. They got plenty of money to do that. They do it with players when they're injured with their ACLs and their legs, like I said. Yeah, they just need to focus on the mental health. I mean, shit, it was like five years ago that they finally instituted lifetime health care. Up until a couple of years ago, if you retired from the NFL, you lost your health insurance. Now the NFL is like, okay, well, we'll cover you. You busted your ass for us in a physical game. We'll give you the insurance for life, but 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 now it's time to, like you said, focus focus efforts elsewhere. That's kind of all I have on this, man. It, we can harp on what the NFL needs to do all we want. Well, I'm sure we will in the future because something like this is going to pop up. Do you have anything else for us this week? I actually do not have anything else for us this week. That's all right. We we came in. I dropped the ball on that one. We came into this knowing it it wasn't going to be our typical episode. We were going to have to talk about some other different things. wasn't a very headline-based week. Uh, there's a lot of kind of like we, we got into deeper into in deeper and some some things that popped up. Normally, this Earl Thomas thing might not have even been on our list, but because nothing really uh, really happened in the NFL besides that, it's something you talk about. And we get into the CTE thing. So we knew it was going to be a little different episode. But 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 with that, we want to thank you guys for tuning in to any given podcast. Where can they follow you, Ethan? You can follow me on Twitter.com at E-T-H Simpson C-G-O-D. That's E-T-H Simpson C-G-O-D. You can follow me on Instagram at E-T-H Simpson. That's right, E-T-H Simpson. There is no CGOD on that one. You can follow my main man, Brendan, at... At BWardCLE on Twitter. It's right down there. On Instagram is, is B.Ward52. Do not forget to follow the podcast, Any Given Podcast. It is at Podcast Given on Twitter. It's on Instagram at Any Given Podcast. Facebook.com slash Any Given Podcast. Shoot us a like on there. 
Check us out on YouTube. Just search any given podcast. You'll see the beautiful logo that Ethan created as our channel logo. Do not forget to subscribe to the YouTube. You'll get you'll get you'll get weekly updates every time we post an episode. You'll know when this one comes out. You'll know when the next one comes out. And then you can like our videos. You can comment. Tell us we're ugly. Tell tell Ethan that is that is that that he's got a shave or. Or uh, tell me that I got a bald spot under my chin. Do what you got to do. Just give me some interaction. We love you guys. And I'll start clowning you on the show. You want to talk shit to me, we'll talk shit back. We can make this as fully interactive as possible. Just subscribe to the YouTube and we'll have fun with it. Again, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of Any Given Podcast. You guys have a wonderful and fantastic rest of your week. God bless. Stay blessed.